Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Coming at you live from the Copple Chevrolet GMC Studios. This is Old School. Broadcasting veteran Derek Pearson. When you find something that moves them, that makes them smile, celebrate it. That's your task. That's your superpower. Nebraska Football Hall of Famer, Jay Foreman. Life was a pass. It was tipped. It's picked off by Foreman. He's at the 15, 10, 5. He'll score! On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Hour number two of old school, Jay Foreman, Rico. Um, often you come across stories, and it's easy to get caught up in the in the in the negative vacuum and the venomous vacuum that complains and complains and complains. But every now and then you run across a young person who makes you feel better about all of it and a greater understanding of it. If you don't know the story of Oscar Shaboy, uh, uh, who's a center at the University of Kentucky, uh, his story plays as such. Uh, born and raised in the Congo, member of ten, uh, eight kids, two parents in a house, uh, a dorm room-sized house for ten people in the Congo, Republic of Congo. His father was a Pentecostal uh, minister, was poisoned because he was helping folks on a day-by-day basis, uh, just getting through, helping them with food and water and those things. Was poisoned. His dad was poisoned when uh, he was twelve. Uh, was Brought over to to America at 15 uh, for basketball. Was a soccer player. We know that story of of big athletes around the world who grow up in soccer and use those athletic skills to become better football, basketball players, etc. Shea Boy uh, came to to notice on a national scale because his mother has never seen him play basketball. His father's dead. His mother's never seen him play. And because of NIL, uh, there were restrictions for international students and in how they were compensated and such. So they were trying to figure out a way to get this young man's mother over so that she could see them play based on NIL. And, of course, if you're at University of Kentucky, NIL agreements are, are, are fluid. I mean, those things are fluid. They flow heavy, <laughs> tons of money. And this guy who averages 16 points – 15 rebounds a game for the number six team in the country. I'll repeat that. 16 points, 15 rebounds for the number six team in the country. Averages. Right? And he tells the story of being angry at God because, well, you know, we're, we're taught to, to, to do well and treat each other well and provide for each other. How are those people taken away early? And right. he got reached a point where I still need to live in, in faith, so um, – I'm going to keep working. He comes to America, goes to a a, a, a prominent a basketball powerhouse, and the coach tells him that he's the worst player he's ever had. He keeps working in faith and manages to get two years at West Virginia. 
and he tells everybody, I'm going to play for Kentucky. And they laugh at him, and they tell him he's awful. And remember, the language barrier, so he had to learn English. And <laughs> he right. didn't understand what people were saying about him, but he knew that it wasn't good. Yeah. Fast forward to him being at Kentucky, averaging 16 points, 15 rebounds a game, and holding faith all the while. If you don't know Oscar Shabway, you should probably do a little research and get to know the young man. There's a great uh, little feature uh, with Will Dawson from CBN. You can find it on YouTube. Uh, it will be um, six of the best minutes of your day. Yeah, it was it was it was uh I mean I've watched him play. I seen I've watched a game where he had twenty six rebounds. Um, I mean he's a great player and, and just his story is even greater. And you know, everybody talks about per- perseverance, you know, we're talking how cold it is. I mean, that's nothing to what he went through. I mean, talking to his dad thirty minutes before he, you know, passed away being right. poisoned for doing the right thing right. or doing good by people. Is something that that takes more perseverance than the dealing with you know walking out in the cold. So, um, and then for for him to get where he's at right now is movie like, and for him to have the mindset to continue along the path and then become a great player in college, and he's going to be effective at the next level whenever you know that happens is is just a testament to him um, and what he's made of. And then you know, look, you don't know Kentucky that you know. You can say whatever you want about Calipari, but he takes care of his players. Um, I'm sure they're finding ways for you know NIL to work for him. But I know one of the big things they might be trying to do is, is to make sure his mom can come see him. And it might be a thing where you know they had their thing sometimes that there was other players that had it. They'll be in a team meeting, and then as you know the parents come in, it'd be really good for him, um, you know, to help him out for her to get you know whether it's a visa here, and then him obviously continue maybe if he wants to be a dual citizen. Uh, in the future, you know, obviously with him playing in the NBA, probably a little bit easier. Um, but, you know, his story is, is something that, again, doesn't doesn't and hasn't gotten enough run on a national basis because, uh, you know, this is what's good about athletes, college athletes, a guy that's very, very appreciative of uh, everything that he has and, and has worked for everything that, that he's gotten. And that he hasn't gotten here by anything other than working hard. That's it. And he's still going to continue to get better. For him to go from, you know, where where he grew up to here, his high school coach, which could, you know, whether it's a motivational tactic or what, but it sounded like it was something that, like, a year-end assessment, you're the worst player I've ever seen. And maybe at that point in time, he was a guy that has a tremendous amount of, of, you know, potential. But He didn't know the game. He didn't know the game. Uh, but I can guarantee that kid worked hard because mm-hmm. the way he plays now, I guarantee he played hard. It didn't look – but then as he, you know, kept grinding to go to West Virginia, probably didn't play that much. Uh, but somebody from Kentucky saw the potential, and now it just came to fruition. Because you don't get to Kentucky, whether you're in the transfer portal or recruited, if you can't play. And he can flat out play. Well, to well, go talk- from high school to West Virginia, he still must have been pretty solid. Right, like, right. You, you, you right. Get there. But yeah. and for him, to, for it not to work out to the point that – you know, but that's he, what I'm saying. He, to, he, for the coach to say you're the worst player I, we've ever had to right. get recruited, go to West Virginia to get it recruited. Right. So he says, and, and and describing, and we talk about Nebraska, and you say, well, are they playing hard? Are they, you know, does it mean anything? A couple of quotes from from this. There's another article that was featured on him. Um, he goes, um, I don't even know what to say. I'm just excited. This means a lot to me. It's like when I see my mom, I'll probably cry like a baby. To be able to do this and help my mom is one of the best things in my life. I've come a long way. 
away and I always try to find a way to take care of my family and now it's got to open the doors. He goes further and says uh, he's, pre- he's previously explained his relentless style of play by saying that he often thinks of basketball in simple, stark terms. Failing on the court means failing his family. So failure is not an option. And what now, if Mama gets to see him in the stands, he goes, I average 16 and 15 now, but if my mom was courtside, I'd probably drop like a 50 and 30. And he starts laughing. He says, I tell my teammates, if my mama is there and you pass me the ball, it touches my hands, it's not going back. <laughs> the irony of the, the selfish-sounding thought is utterly selfless, um, is how selfless the young man has been throughout this process. His teammates raked in tens of thousands of dollars in an NIL deal, in a few cases hundreds of thousands, while he earned almost nothing, despite being the best player and the most beloved personality. Look, everything good is in this story. Right. And there are tons of these stories, but we focus our time on the minutiae and the nonsense. And I just want to take some time to carve out a little time to talk about this young man. Yeah, it's great. I mean, he's, like I said, it's, uh, and I'm sure Kentucky's finding a way to take care of him. Yeah. John Calipari ain't going to have his best player sitting up there, you know, you know fifth string on nil they're finding a way to make sure he's taken care of it not only now but in the future for his for his family um so it's a great deal you know college basketball you know it's it, you, you get a lot more of these stories just because there's so many games on kentucky's high profile they, they they're actually bouncing back from like a little bit of a down year last year mm-hmm. um and he's a big part of it so it's something that as they continue to progress right and you know teams and games start to get dwindled down with you know the you know league tournaments big tournament NCAA and I'm assuming Kentucky would most likely at least get to the sweet 16. I think you're going to see his profile be amped up a lot, a lot more. So you, you should, you're going to be hearing about this on a national basis. I'm looking at his stats right now. He only has two games in single digit rebounding um, and multiple 20, 20 rebound rebounds. games. He has a 28 rebound. Yeah, game. He's playing no games. On and that game he had 14 points. He's, you know, uh, he only has a couple games in single digit points. The only, so looking at his like draft, stock right now and where they have him ranked he is the when i gotta look at this again one two three four five six seven eight ninth best center and he is supposed to be the final pick in the nba draft not the final pick in the first round the final well, there's pick only two rounds in the nba draft yes yeah. there's only two rounds so he's one of the top you know 75 60, 60, 60 75 yeah. players yeah. in the country in the world yes um that are eligible to be in the draft and when, when, as we were having a discussion with Sipple, pick sixty, that height, there's a difference between height and size. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he's six right. nine, he's but also, he's, yeah, but he's he six is, nine two sixty, and he's the other built thing, like a grown man, yeah. and got a long wingspan too. The other thing that they are on him about is his age, because he's twenty two, and apparently, you know, they don't want twenty two year old rookies. Well, but they've already had them. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, they've had thirty something. But he's a guy. But he's a guy. I mean, Strick was. I think Strick was twenty three by the time yeah. he got to the league. Yeah. But he's a guy that, say, he goes in the second round. Um. Well, first of all, I know when he goes to these pre draft camps, he's going to give these top guys Woo! issues. So, I imagine he's going to go higher than that. But I think wherever he gets drafted, he's going to make his way. So you know, he's a guy that if I'm a GM and I'm making picks, he's a guy I'm extremely comfortable uh, picking. Earlier than later. Oh, I'm circling that. Yeah. I want to see, I want to see Oscar versus Chet. Right. Low one seven foot, 180 pounds soaking wet. Yeah, yeah you're yeah. not. You, so, 
you know, this is all preliminary with the draft. It doesn't matter till you get closer, but, you know, it's a great story. Now, flip it now. You talk about how humbling sports can be. You know, I watched the Nebraska game, then I was flipping back and forth between the Iowa and Michigan State game. Michigan State, for whatever reason, when they go to Iowa City, gets they get humbled. And um, in typical Iowa fashion, they have the, the league's leading scorer, and then they have his evil twin brother that finally got off uh-huh. in the southpaw last night. Just out night. there sneaking, yeah, sneaking, 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 sneaking cakes points. from the window. Right. <laughs> yeah, so – and then with Michigan State, who had, you know, obviously been one of the more consistent teams, up, you know, vying for a Big Ten title. And it was never close. I think it ended up being 20 points. So it's something that with, uh, you know, sports, you could be playing well and then you can go. And, and for whatever reason, even when – remember when Nebraska a couple years ago beat Iowa at home and then Iowa was waiting for them and it was like a Friday night game and they mollywopped Nebraska by 30-some points. Iowa at home, obviously probably, you know, familiar territory. Maybe it's traveling in Iowa City. They're tough to beat at home. Um, and, and, you know, when they get those threes going, uh, they're always going to kind of be scrappy um, and, and play some good D and, and try to be physical. Uh, but whatever happens when when they get there, they usually give teams some problems. So I watched that game. Uh, watched the Villanova game last night and against UConn. Now, now that I'm gonna tell great you what, finish. Th- yeah, it was a great. Fi- a suspect call on the on the charge, right? Uh, one because the defender was inside the cylinder. That yeah, was an emotion call. It, it was a motion call, yeah. and he wouldn't change it. Uh, it but it was a game changing call. Um, but the way that those two teams played, physical, high level basketball, um, for 40 minutes was was it was it was fun to watch. You you, you were kind of you know, and it had. Every guy, you know, they had their two superstar guys, but then you had guys that would come off like Polly, right, uh, mm-hmm. would come and, and hit threes. You know, Tommy Polly's his dad who, um, from Baltimore, he was a great basketball player himself, Florida State linebacker, played a few years in the league. And his son's, you know, six seven, six eight wingman, and he picks and chooses his spots, you know, and he's at UConn. And then you got guys coming off the bench and d up. You got Gillespie, seems like he's been there forever. Yep. And you know what's funny about Villanova? They always have, like, a Gillespie type of guard. Then you see number four on their team, and he's like the little like Gillespie 2.0. You know, he's like, hey, this Keep is him coming. The, he's like, okay, this guy's leaving. Okay, we already got your like replica coming in. Yep. And um, didn't they just they build him in a lab underneath what the was court? The, what was the point guard? The national championship point guard with a real long name? Uh, Archie Diacono. Yeah, well, yeah. He, he had a little brother that came there, and then they have this guy. Yeah. And then you, like it's it's a they factor. build them in a lab. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jay Wright, if you ever watch some stuff on YouTube about Jay Wright and just hear him talk, he goes and, and he doesn't – I mean, he'll get the guys because he's had some lottery picks and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But generally, they, their lottery picks from Villanova haven't been 25-point scores. They're just – they fit the NBA brand. So they mm-hmm. can defend, they can play offense, they can play defense, they transition, they can pass. And, you know, kind of all, you know, all around. You got Barnes. I think he's with the uh, Phoenix Suns. So he recruits guys that fit – Villanova and their style of play mm-hmm. and it's kind of like their culture and what they do now they finally have like a number 43 like a physical big man that yeah. was kind of always their kryptonite right if they played like a North Carolina which they end up beating but um but if they played like a big team you know they'd always have trouble with like Syracuse and stuff like that because they didn't have a true big right they kind of had but how did they how did they, they get to national championship games uh, yeah well exactly. I was just about to say usually had four guards or three guards and one forward or you know kind of like three guards and kind of a guard forward but they play they play D they move without the ball that offense that Villanova offense is fun to watch mm-hmm. you, you know you, you know what's weird, really weird what 
It's very similar to Fred's. They just run it different. Yeah, a little bit. But they play, but they, they play a little bit more D, though. That's, that's the big part. Well, yeah, we were yeah, talking yeah, about yeah, the yeah, offense, yeah. not the defense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The offense is similar. The defense right. is totally yeah. different. Jay Wright has the – Well, the principles should be the same, though. He has the, he has the, he has the this expensive suits, good-looking dude. You think it's the suits that make him play defense? Is that no, no? I mean, you, 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 you wouldn't think, you, you would think don't let the smooth taste <laughs> fool. Yeah, don't let the suits and all that fool you. He's street. He's street, and you better d up. Well, that's what I'm saying. You look over, you see him in the suit, and you're like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. He invited us up. So when I was in Virginia, uh, our, our head coach was from up that area. Um, but we would always, when we spent our Christmas tournament, we would always go up to Philadelphia and play. And Jay Wright every single year would allow us to use their practice court. Now, this is when they were going to national championships, mm-hmm. and he's dealing with some high school from Virginia and allowing us to practice uh, every day while we were there on their court in their facility yeah. and have access. Like, that's who Jay Wright is. That's why that program – Jay Wright is why that program is what they are. He he is constant and consistent, but Jay is right. That dude's a sniper. Yeah. Like, hey, he's do, legit. Do, do not – Take don't let the interviews smooth, smooth and all that. Hey. Cool hair, yeah. you know. No, no, UK, no. Hey, he locking up. He is a dude. Yeah, he is a dude. So yeah. let's throw the break. Uh, we'll get these three segments in for the rest of the hour. Uh, stay tuned. More old school. You're listening to Old School with DP and J. Download the mobile app and listen wherever you are on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.